Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about casual sex. What can you do to have wonderful, fulfilling, no string attached sex as an adult? When many months ago, I think it was about two years ago, we had an expert talking about hookup culture on campus. So this is a slightly different approach, different topic, because the focus is going to be on adults who are perhaps in late 30s and maybe late 20s or early 40s or later in life, that these are the adults that perhaps didn't have as much experience with casual sex. And now for any for a number of reasons, perhaps they, they want to kind of learn more about themselves sexually, about their needs and wants. Perhaps they're working on themselves uh, to kind of understand what do you want more of in, before jumping into another relationship. Or I work with lots of men and women who are very busy and they feel like they're they're not ready now to have good sexual relationships. So if you are belonging to one of those categories, this is the episode for you. We're going to talk about what can you do to make sure that like you're communicating about what you want, where are some of the places that you can find casual sex. And we're going to talk about the morning after etiquette, all the great juicy things that you want to make sure you're knowing. Before I dive into Dr. Shannon Chavez, our guest bio, I wanted to remind those of you that you haven't downloaded the checklist that I created a few weeks ago to definitely check it out. A few weeks ago, I created this checklist of 101 ways to keep your relationship hot. And it's divided in three categories, three levels based on your adventure seeking. And some of those things you can either do with your new partner or you can explore with your long-term partner. But the feedback I've been getting so far that people are finding very useful. So if you haven't checked that out, make sure you are going to our show notes and download the checklist. As I mentioned, our guest is Dr. Shannon Chavez. She's one of my favorite sex therapists. She's a licensed clinical psychologist and ASAC certified sex therapist with a private practice SHAPE Sexual Health and Pleasure Enhancement Center in Beverly Hills, California, where she provides individual and couple therapy, sex and relationship coaching, and workshops on sexual health and wellness. Her work focuses on adult sex education, integrating sexuality and spirituality, and sexual discovery towards personal growth. She frequently appears on national news, radio, and media as a sexual health expert. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Shannon Chavez. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am so excited and honored to have Dr. Shannon Chavez on our show. Dr. Shannon, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am very excited too. I know that you you do a lot of public speaking, writing, so it's definitely a treat to have you on our show. Thank you. I mean, your podcast is one of my favorites. You've had some really great topics. So I am very honored that uh, I'm here today. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. It means a lot hearing that from you. So as I mentioned during the introduction, we're going to talk about how we can help, quote unquote, good women <laughs> get laid, having good time, good casual sex, because I see a lot of my clients that they perhaps they were married for their 20s and 30s, or they were in series of long-term relationship, and now they're single and they want to explore things sexually. And perhaps they don't want to get into another relationship so quickly. They want to know what can they do to be able to have great sex, but perhaps they're not interested to invest in another relationship. And when it comes to this women, one of the challenges that I have and I notice with clients is that they have some limiting beliefs about casual sex, sex that's not necessarily as part of the monogamous relationship. So tell us, what are some of these limiting beliefs that you think might get in the way of women having wonderful casual sex? Yes, unfortunately, there are so many limiting beliefs. I would say the first thing I see often is that sex has to include some sort of emotional connection. We've been uh, ingrained in our cultures, in our families to think that sex has to include intimacy. And I do believe even casual sex has some levels of intimacy, but it's not a requirement in order to enjoy pleasure, to explore your sexuality, and to be able to kind of navigate the hookup culture. I think these limiting beliefs can keep a woman from exploring, asserting herself, or really putting her pleasure first. Mm -hmm. That's definitely something. And what comes along with that is that casual sex will lead to guilt. And that guilt is a part of that. You know, I'll, I'll feel like a bad girl. I'm not supposed to do this. What would it mean about me to explore my sex so openly? What would others think about me? There's a lot of beliefs that include how others would view you if you were to explore your sexuality, especially if it's out of what's traditional or normal in your community or culture. So I see that quite a bit. And I really encourage women to give themselves permission to explore and to have fun. Fun has been a part of sex that's really been important for people to hear those two words together, sex and fun. It's a big part of our pleasure. And I love that you mentioned that it's important for women to put pleasure first because when it comes to hookup sex, research shows that at times there's this huge gap between women who reach orgasm during hookup sex and men, again, if it's a heterosexual relationship, that they're reaching orgasm. And it makes me wonder that at times it's hard for so many women to speak up and say what they want. When you are in a relationship, like a long-term relationship, you, you have many opportunities to talk about your desire, what you like, what don't you like. But I think when it comes to casual sex, it requires another level of assertiveness. And you have to be able to verbalize your wants and needs pretty quickly. <laughs> so what do you, what's your recommendation around that? Exactly. And I think another limiting belief is that women's orgasm or pleasure is difficult, complicated. Even, uh, you know, if they're in heterosexual relationships, males may even voice that to a partner, mm -hmm. which makes it even harder to assert your needs. But a lot of that can be challenged. So I think what I always recommend for women first is that you have to have a good relationship with your body. Mm -hmm. You have to really know your pleasure inside and out. It's not that the orgasm gap in hookup culture is about women lacking the ability for pleasure. It's that they're not getting the pleasure they need. Mm -hmm. And I think women can really give themselves permission to ask for what they want. Even if a partner may not know what that is, I think it's about teaching, learning, 
looking at sex as an opportunity to not only learn about your sexuality, but to have a partner learn about your sexuality and to be open to exploring with you. You know, a partner can't give you an orgasm, but they can create a pretty great environment for an orgasm to happen. So that's something important for women to know as well is that your orgasm is completely in your control and then you help a partner create that space for you to have the ultimate pleasure. And it doesn't always involve intercourse. There's so many ways for us to have sexual experiences. So I think that's part of where we need to start is expanding how we look at sex. It's much more than the mechanics. Sometimes it's not even genital focused. There's so many ways for us to experience pleasure. Absolutely. And I love that you're talking about not necessarily focusing on penetration and reaching orgasm through penetration. As you said, that there is this galaxy of various ways that you can experience sexual pleasure that's not necessarily connected to kind of like experiencing like penetration through vaginal penal penetration. So I think one of the things that you mentioned that was really good was that helping women to kind of understand that sex doesn't necessarily need to be connected to emotions. Because at times I notice that many women have these stories in their mind that I only have sex with people who I'm emotionally connected. And when they have a great sexual experiences, even they want to force that emotional piece on themselves. Kind of thinking about I must have some emotion or I, I, you know, it's just if I don't have emotional connection with the person when I'm having sex, that that sex is not good or says like I'm slut. So just can get very complicated psychologically. Yes, exactly. I mean, we've been bombarded with these archetypes of romanticizing everything from relationships to sex to even courtship and attraction. So I think that it's in our programming to assume that that's what's going to happen with sex. And we don't really see a lot of figures, whether it be in media or culture, of assertive women asking for what they want, being a dominant role sexually. And so, uh, you know, when sex becomes romanticized, again, we're going to assume this expectation that intimacy on an emotional level has to be there. But I think we lose track of the fun aspect and even casual sex can be connected and it doesn't have to require a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we've been taught for so long is that in order to get to the sex we want, we have to have that relational path. And it's not necessarily always there to have a great hookup. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, and I love that you're talking about assertiveness. And I tell some of the women, this can be a great opportunity for you to try different sexual roles. Like if you're in a relationship, for some people, like stakes are high. They just don't want to kind of absolutely experiment different aspects of themselves because they're worried about what would my partner think. But this is like a dress rehearsal. You're having this fun experience with someone else that perhaps you will not ever see or you don't have that kind of ongoing relationship with. So it gives you the opportunity to take risks that perhaps you're not taking, you're not ready yet to take with your partner, like a long-term partner. Exactly. I usually tell people that no matter what type of relationship, hookup, or encounter you have, we're always at risk. There's always things that may come up that are unpredictable that lead to us having to figure out a way to communicate and navigate through those. So we don't want to be afraid of those risks or having to face those 
issues, I think we can normalize that as a part of, of hookup culture. And it can be really fun to do what you're saying, you know, trying on different roles, being able to, to try out different parts of yourself, experiment even with your personality to see what feels good for you. I think it can be a great way not only to assert ourselves in a different way, but also to be creative. Mm -hmm. Creativity is a big part of sexuality that can help get to fun and pleasure that may make sex less serious and so structured that it allows you to just be more free to explore. Absolutely. So now that we're on board with this, <laughs> where are some of the places that women can go to find some opportunities for hookup sex? Mm -hmm. I would say the first place that's probably the most popular way is to go online. There's a lot of online dating sites like Tinder, Adult Friend Finder, Meetups that are places and communities to find casual encounters. And I think it could be very experimental. I would definitely recommend to try a handful first before deciding on one. Really look at the landscape of what these sites offer and uh, get used to the way in which you connect with people. Online dating has its pros and cons, but definitely in hookup culture, there are sites that are tailored towards more casual encounters or relationships. And I think that's great. You know, it, it's, it sets expectations and intentions around what you're looking for. So it may give you a more narrow pool when you're looking to find a partner. Mm -hmm. And I have some clients that they're telling me that now that they want to be kind of part of the hookup culture, they want to experiment sexually, they continue to attract the same kind of men that they were interested in being in a relationship with them. So I think the, part of it also is like, how do you set up your profile? What aspect of your personality try to show? So it's important to try again, like a different aspect of your personality if you want different results. And I think it's, it can be, it can be a trial and error because for many women, if they haven't experimented with hookup sex, they might not know how they can react differently, that they can create a different kind of sexual experiences. What are your recommendations to those women that they find like people are interested in them in relationship, but in return, they are at this point of their life, they want only casual sex? Exactly. That's such a good point. I almost feel that women need to change their messaging and almost be radically honest about what they're looking for. And sometimes there's fear around that. What if I just say I'm looking for sex or I want to have a good time or I'm looking for someone to experiment with sexually or try new things? I don't think you should be afraid to put it out there in that way because you can always uh, you know, get to know and, and vet people when you're looking to, to find the right person. But I think even the experiment of putting that out there so honestly can be liberating and empowering mm -hmm. to say, all right, I'm not looking for a relationship, so I'm going to put out what I'm really looking for. Mm -hmm. So I do think it's important for women to name that. What am I looking for? Mm -hmm. Do I want just a, a hookup? Do I want to experiment? Do I want, am I looking for someone, maybe a casual partner, but to continue seeing this person over and over again. So I think we can experiment even with profiles to be able to uh, see what we see if you can shift what you're attracting to because mm -hmm. dating online, there's such a big pool of people mm -hmm. that you uh, just want to get used to the process of, of finding, meeting, getting to know and uh, get used to the process first before making choices. And I'm very, I found it very interesting and valid when you mentioned that kind of being more open and honest about what are you looking for. And if it gives you pause, then perhaps you need to do some work around those limiting beliefs 
that what gets in the way of me kind of like saying that I'm just full of looking for a fun time. I just want to have sexual partners or want to kind of experiment sexually. Because if, if you are sending a complicated message, for example, you're sending a profile that said like talks about your, your relationship person or that's what it portrayed to the partner, perhaps you wouldn't attract a similar kind of partner that you're looking for right now. Exactly. And you can be selective on what you share. You don't have to share too much about your personal life because you're not going to find someone who has the same values and and you're not looking to build a life or path with that person, but you may want to make sure you're on the same page as far as values around safety, safe Mm -hmm. sex, things that would be important for you in terms of sexual health. So I I think just getting that messaging on point Mm -hmm. and maybe even at times, if you're serious about that, asking people around you, a a friend or Mm -hmm. even coaches that are there online to help you design profiles that work for you. You can always get feedback to see, you know, am I doing something wrong? Can something change in this message that might help me get or attract what I'm really looking for? Mm-hmm. I think feedback can be essential. I'm sure you do it at times as well. I see like sometimes clients say, oh, you know, my feedback doesn't attract the people I want and it's perfect and you read it over and absolutely the messaging is really off. I think it's helpful if you ask a trusted friend or coach or your therapist to kind of give you feedback. So for the people that like, you know, perhaps they found someone online, you are on a date, you're interested to initiate hookup sex, and you haven't done it in the past, how can you kind of react, behave, or initiate to kind of lead to you kind of going to the initiate to hookup sex path? Mm -hmm. That's such a great question. I think what you want to do first is be clear first for yourself and then uh, be playful. You can experiment with things like flirting, suggestive communication. You can also just be really clear on your intention before meeting up with this person. Some people may feel that's very bold and forward, but I think in this day and age, in this modern hookup, up culture. This is the norm. People are very upfront about this and I think it will be accepted as long as you are finding someone who's looking for the same Mm -hmm. thing. So I think that's definitely first and foremost and uh, sometimes we just need to say it. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the biggest taboo because of the limiting beliefs. What what would it mean if I just said that and someone would hear me say that? And I think it's more acceptable now than it's ever been Mm -hmm. and I think that's an advantage of the hookup culture. Mm Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us about, you mentioned suggested communication. So what does that entail? Yes, I love this. So flirting is one of the most exciting and I think playful parts of our sexuality that we lose track of. So it could be suggestive in, you know, letting the partner know what you're looking forward to or uh, maybe flirting around what you, what types of pleasure you're looking for. You can do even nonverbal communication where be like, you know, light touch and, and connection through body. And I think this can be also a way to show intention and interest in forming a physical connection. So I think uh, we can bring back the art of flirting as a way to help navigate our hookup culture encounters. Absolutely. So perhaps if you kind of people are flirting using direct and indirect way of kind of communicating, I'm into it, that they read and they read the partner that they're also interested. As you mentioned, at some point, people need to have the conversation about consent and safe sex and all of those conversations before getting into the bedroom, hopefully. So when would be a good time to kind of initiate those conversations if you are on a date with someone and you're seeing things are going in a positive, quote unquote, positive direction? 
Mm -hmm. I would have two suggestions, either one before, if you've actually initiated communication through text or phone, it would be a good time to have it there, even before the date. Or if it, it's kind of going in that direction on a date or meetup, I would recommend as, as early as possible. If you find out you're on the same page and you're both looking for the same thing, really normalize that conversation. It doesn't have to be uncomfortable, especially if people are out there hooking up and they're in that casual sex world. It's going to be familiar for them. It, it shouldn't be an issue at all. But also know your boundaries. If someone is uncomfortable with the conversation, doesn't want to talk about testing and safe sex, then obviously Obviously, you want to be able to set that boundary and protect yourself. And for many people, that should be a deal breaker because mm -hmm. safety first is important no matter what type of encounter you're having. Mm -hmm. So your recommendation is like as soon as possible, like that you see that this is going to that direction, then you can be open about it and you can kind of initiate those conversations. Exactly. If you don't have it as soon as possible, then it's just going to be harder to have it once you're closer to engaging in that encounter. So the normalizing it is at the beginning, it's very common. That's what people do. It's part of the culture. Knowing that will help you be able to do it sooner without feeling any sort of embarrassment or shame around having to bring up that conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think the conversation can go significantly smoother if you're having it outside the bedroom, you're not in the middle of it. And obviously, at any point you feel uncomfortable, I encourage women to speak up and say, I don't want this or kind of like not letting things go forward. But I think, as, as you mentioned, that it can help people to have a more open communication if it's been brought up earlier during the date or even before the starting the date. Exactly. And if someone doesn't respond positively, then that right away tells you this probably isn't someone that's going to be a safe, consensual partner to have. So I think that can also give you some awareness whether or not you want to move forward. So the more comfortable they are earlier and even someone respecting and honoring what you're asking, I think tells you a lot of information. You want to have that information earlier than later. And I think for many women, emotional safety and for anyone is big part of being able to be adventurous in bedroom, having a great time. If you're not feeling safe with someone, then that's going to be hard for you to truly show up authentically in the relationship. So the earlier you establishing the sense of self safety, you will be you will be happier, and a sexual experience perhaps can be more fulfilling. So as you mentioned around the emotional connection that some people have, kind of feeling that I need to be emotionally involved in order to have sex. So I think. I think there needs to be some preparation or shift in the perspective for people when they are thinking about entering this realm. What are some of the emotional preparation that you recommend women to do before putting themselves in these in these like hookup experiences? That's such a great question because it, it does start with, with you first. You need to know what your boundaries are, uh, what you're okay with and not okay with, you know, what types of values you have around sex, even in a casual encounter that are important to communicate to a partner. I think it's important to know that first and also trust. I, I think we have the sixth sense called our intuition that we can use as a way to gauge whether or not a situation is the right one for us. So if we really trust that intuitive feeling and know, yeah, do I trust this person? Are we having good communication? Are they listening to me? Do they feel really receptive to what I'm asking? That can help you guide 
and lead you in a, a positive direction with a partner. So all intimacy, even in a casual encounter, includes vulnerability. If we can't be vulnerable and honest, then even in a casual date, it's probably not the right place to be. That tells me right away that safety is going to be an issue or maybe a partner may not respect what you're asking for. So that should be established right away. And it does take a little bit of time, but I do feel you can sense that early on just by a partner's communication style and how they're responding to what you're asking. And I think the other piece is I encourage people at least for first few times that they are like kind of experimenting with different people, try to manage their alcohol intake. Like I drink myself socially. I think there's nothing wrong with drinking alcohol. Most people are having a healthy relationship with alcohol. But if you're feeling you're very intoxicated and then perhaps you might not be able to communicate what you want from the partner clearly, you might find yourself in the situation that we're not, you're possibly you're not feeling safe. So again, if there's a partner that you've been kind of hooking up for several times, perhaps you can kind of experiment with drinking more. But I, I feel at the earlier stages, it's really important to one to monitor their drinking. I couldn't agree more because drinking creates a different environment. It impairs judgment. It can also be very fun and social. But I think in the beginning, you want to be able to establish those ground rules or boundaries. And alcohol just adds a complicated layer, especially some of the things that we've mentioned. Talking about safe sex, being able to set a framework for what this casual encounter entails. So I definitely agree with that as well. So it's, it's something that once you establish that trust, then you can obviously bring that in as you, as you find necessary. But in the beginning, it should be something limited. I couldn't agree more. One of the toughest part that at least I hear from women are like the morning after that they feel like, you know, they get very triggered when the the partner is leaving right after or like immediately leaving the morning after. I was talking to one of my friends that she is in the relationship, long-term kind of a committed relationship now, but she said now even when my partner leaves to go home, I feel triggered because that kind of created some emotion for her. So tell us, what are some of the morning after etiquettes that you recommend people to follow? Mm -hmm. I think even in a casual encounter, we still want to be open to checking in with one another, even if it's been, uh, you know, by text or phone later on, we want to be accountable that we had this experience and that we can talk about it and it doesn't have to be awkward. I think also we want to address what we might need that morning after. We might need just an acknowledgement of the experience itself. Hey, we had a great time. You know, do I want to see this person again? Being able to know what you want and not expect anything other than what you communicate is important. So a partner may not know that. A casual partner may not make those assumptions. So we definitely don't want to assume a partner knows what we want, we want to be clear on, on speaking out about that. And that kind of goes to the limiting beliefs again of, is it okay to talk about what you want afterwards, even though it's casual? Absolutely. I think we can we can create any type of design of what we want casual sex to look like, and it's perfectly okay. 
And I love that you mentioned exactly telling people, kind of being open about what you need afterward, what do you want afterward. And again, if you are clear about the intention of this is a hookup experience, it doesn't necessarily cause this fear on the partner that if I stay over or if I, if we go grab coffee the next day, it means that we are go like leaning toward the relationship. So the expectation is clear. But I agree with you that it's important to treat other people as human. So it's wonderful you had that experience, but also acknowledging that you had this wonderful experience with another human being is very important. Exactly. There was something shared and you want to honor that no matter if it's casual or not, unless you've had a really terrible experience and you don't <laughs> right. want to see the person again. But for the most part, I think the humanness is to just acknowledge that you, you, know, you shared your body with this person, you had pleasure with them, and it was hopefully fun and consensual and lovely and you can acknowledge that. And then also you know, uh, offer whatever you need to carry that on, whether you said kind of getting a cup of coffee or, or going out and doing something, I think that's perfectly fine. What I find people doing now is designing their own way to do it. And I love this concept because there's so many unspoken rules that get caught in our minds, become these mental barriers of being able to, to know what, what's right, what's okay, what's not okay, pros and cons, uh, yes and no's, and it just gets too complicated. So I would really recommend people just kind of clear that out and develop your own rules, what works for you. And the worst thing you could do is a partner is not responsive to that, but then you know that this isn't someone you want to continue seeing or hooking up with. They're going to be awkward, unresponsive, and not, again, responsive to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that another important thing for women is not connecting them, their self-worth to the experience of how much the partner wants it or not wants it or how much he's responding to their requests. Obviously, this is a kind of the rules and boundaries are important. But if most of the time when we are doing kind of hookup sex, it's not necessarily saying anything about you. It's about whether the person you guys have matched interests, you guys have shared sexual values or not. So it's, it doesn't, it, you don't need to be worrying about getting rejected because again, this is a person you might even don't, you might not know at all. So it's, it's important to keep that in mind. Yes, I think we have a very uh, complicated relationship with the idea of rejection around all sorts of dating and hookups. And I think we fear rejection so much that it inhibits us for asserting what we want and really putting ourselves out there in a vulnerable way. And I think we can also kind of build the muscle around rejection, which may be someone saying no, not being interested, not feeling any chemistry. I think we can normalize this as a part of dating world, and it doesn't have to be something that creates a lot of fear or even avoidance, we can just sort of say maybe it's a way for someone to take care of their own needs or maybe it's about what the other person is going through. It has nothing to do with us personally, but we can get comfortable with knowing that it's a part of the, the modern jungle of dating and it doesn't have to be uncomfortable. Before we close today, because I feel we can talk about this for hours, but was there any kind of closing thoughts that you have for our listeners? Yes, I would definitely encourage listeners, especially females, to really claim their sexuality, really give themselves 
not only permission, but time to figure out what they want. And it's not, uh, you know, nothing in our sexuality is, is something that's just intuit. We have to learn everything. So don't be afraid to learn about your pleasure and to also not know things. It's great to not know things. When I hear clients or people I know say, I really don't know what I want, I think of that as the best opportunity to figure it out. I go, all right, not knowing is a great place to start. So if you're navigating hookup culture for the first time, go in knowing that you're going to learn things. You're going to make mistakes. Sometimes things aren't going to work out the way you want, but that's not a bad thing. That really gives you a lot of sexual awareness. And also, I believe it, it builds sexual self-esteem over time. We go through experiences over and over again in order to figure out who we are. It's part of sexual self-actualization. So I think it could be a really positive thing. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I speaking of kind of learning about pleasure, I know you do tons of sexual education, you do talks. So if our listeners, they want to learn about you, the content you're putting out there, what are some of the places they can check out? I would love for you to check out my website, drshannonchavez.com. I have articles and content that's focused around all areas of sexual health and wellness. I'm also on social media at Dr. Shannon Chavez, where you'll find just really fun, sex-positive content and photos, things that you can really engage yourself and learn uh, really good, positive things about sex. Also, I have an upcoming workshop in February for couples, and that will be all about sensual connection, and there will be experiential things to do, and you can find that on my website as well. So I... uh, really hope that people find the resources they need and no question is a bad question when it comes to sexuality. So myself and many of the clinicians in our field, I love our community because we we offer a lot of sex education and coaching in all different modalities to help people find and their fulfill their sexual potential. Absolutely, guys. If you haven't checked out the links that Dr. Shaw has mentioned, you can check it out on the show notes. I personally follow you on Instagram. I love all this wonderful content you're putting out there. I think we all, we need reminders of sex are important and kind of it's really helpful for kind of small kind of pieces to build your sexual confidence. So thank you so much for coming on the show. This was an absolute treat and thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. I hope you found this interview helpful. I certainly agree with Dr. Shannon Chavez about the importance of challenging some of those limiting beliefs that you have and really examining if for you, uh, having the strong long-term emotional connection is an essential part of uh, having fulfilling sex. Because if, if you choose to not to be in a relationship right now or the circumstances are not right, you still have opportunity. You will hopefully have opportunity to have great sex if you take Take a risk and put yourself out there. And I think it can be a fantastic way for you to kind of examine different aspects of your personality. And you can practice things that you haven't tried in the past. And you're kind of thinking, I want to examine this and explore this and incorporate this in my sex life or not. So this would be a good way of indulging in those behaviors without kind of being worried about your partner judging you or what what would your partner feel about it? Obviously, we still value our partners and casual sex as human being, as I mentioned. But I think the dynamic can be different and the expectations at times are 
are different. And I think that can be a positive thing. At the end, I wanted to ask a huge favor from you guys. So if you have been listening to this show, if you're finding this show helpful, it means a lot to me. If, if you take a moment, subscribe and also leave an honest review on iTunes. Because what's important for me as a psychologist, as a sex educator, as a sex therapist, is to share my message with other people. This is a passion project for me. And my main goal is helping the general population to have a better education about sexual health. And you can help me with this, with writing your reviews. Uh, when you write reviews, we, we will be able to reach a broader audience because it increases our visibility. And I'm very grateful for all the support that you guys have been providing me and I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.